Welcome to the Market Moment. This is Matt Walters, and I'm here with Lee Mackey and John Martfeld. How are you guys today? Doing great. Good. Awesome. Today, we're going to talk about this, uh, the stock market, where it's at, what's been going on, whether the Dow Jones Industrial Average is outdated, and how a teenager got into investing. So, some good topics for today. So, just to jump in, uh, before we get started, I want to, I guess, kind of ask you guys, um, you know, if you like the content, if you like what we're doing, go out, like, subscribe. Our subscribership and viewership has been growing uh, at a pretty good rate over the last few months, which which is awesome. So go out and give us a like, a subscribe, keep up with what we've got going on. We promise we will keep trying to make these better and better. We we uh, I assure you, we know there's plenty of room for growth, but we're working on it. Um, we've got we've got some really good guests coming up. J.P. Morgan, <clears throat> economist, coming up here in the coming weeks, which will be really cool. Um, so we're trying to get some more guests involved and um, just having fun with it. So anything you guys want to add? No, not at all. When he said you guys, I thought he was asking us if we liked hey the content. I know. And I was I like, mm, I don't know. I love the content. Do you? are asking me, yeah. Um, neither, <coughs> neither of you it's heard been a, my <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Sorry. It's good okay. to see John back. It is. Yeah. I was in Florida. Yeah. And it wasn't sunny. It was warmer here than in Florida. Isn't that crazy? Which is frustrating. That is frustrating. In February, you know, yeah. you go down there and have to wear coats. People down there were wearing like fur coats. Yeah. Because it was like 50. And to them, that's like 10. Mm-hmm. So um, it wasn't that bad, but, you know, could have used a little more sunshine. Yeah. In the sunshine state. It's But pretty hey, warm. Today's like 83. <clears throat> here I something. know. Here, this is crazy. It's going to be 40 something tomorrow, right? High of 45 tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Enough yeah. left leather. All yeah, right. So yeah. stock updates. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Stocks were flat Monday after key stock uh, stock benchmarks reached record highs, and the investors awaited inflation data. Uh, stocks are coming into the final week of February on a high note after the major indexes or indices, as Lee yeah. would say, achieved key <laughs> milestones and registered winning weeks with help from Nvidia's blockbuster earnings. Blah blah blah. There's a rate of economic releases on deck, including January durable um, durable orders date on Tuesday, mm-hmm. January wholesale invento- inventories on Wednesday. S- uh, the consumer spending and PCE numbers will come out on Thursday. So today, Tuesday, the Commerce Department Census Bureau said orders for durable goods tumbled 6.1 last percent last month. Some were forecasting five 4.5 percent. So I kind of butchered that. But um, thoughts. Stock market, where we're at, what's going on? Do we want to go positive, negative? Yeah, yeah, we'll go. Good, <laughs> good comeback, yeah. cop. World's going to end. <laughs> um, <clears throat> you know, this is NVIDIA's world, and we're all just living in it right yeah. now. Yeah. Um, you know, in a nutshell, earnings have been across the board strong. I mean, yeah. I, I don't think there's any way to sugarcoat that. I mean, yeah. there have been pockets of weakness here and there. But earnings have been strong. Some guidance has come down. Yeah, some guidance has come down. The AI world is smoking hot right now. I mean, yeah. it's, there's no way to say anything else. Um, you know, the thing that was kind of surprising about NVIDIA was they reported Thursday afternoon, Tuesday and Wednesday, they sold off pretty significantly um, because they had run up. Oh, gosh. You know, they they've gone up so fast. They reported Thursday afternoon or Wednesday afternoon. I can't remember. Wednesday. Anyway, they sold off the two days prior to that because they had run up 25, 30% just in 24. Yeah. But then they they were up 15%. And they were were priced to perfection. And I think that was part of it. It It's like, you know, they just, if they did not hit 
this crazy projection, right? They would sell off, and so the sell off occurred happened before that, and then <clears> they <throat> blew uh, yeah. the numbers out of the water, and their guidance was even more right. optimistic, mm-hmm. and so, you know, you know, we're, the numbers that are coming in from the Fed show that inflation is still there. It's, I mean, inflation has not really come down like they would like. What I told some folks last week is inflation is real still. I don't think it's going to be enough that causes the Fed to raise, but I think it is cementing their belief that they are not going to start lowering until, in my opinion, late summer into the fall. Now, we might still get two or three Mm. rate cuts in the back half of the year, but I think that to say we're going to get a rate cut before June, July, I, I just don't see it. I agree with that. <clears throat> Beginning of the year, we were, we were supposed to have six rate cuts, potentially. Yeah. Now that's gone down to three to four, potentially, which may or may not happen. But here's here's the problem. <laughs> here's pessimist <clears throat> The Fed said to us long ago that they were going to continue to raise rates until the inflation got down to 2%, even if it caused a recession. They are lying to us right now because technically they should be raising rates by another quarter point. And they are not going to. <clears throat> it's an election year. They've done enough right in their mind. They think the inflation is stalling and it is going to come down. I am paying attention to the inflation number, and I don't think it'll, I mean, I'm, again, I don't think it matters to the market run as much as we maybe give it credit to, but that's fair. I don't think we're going to get down to that 2% number anytime in a, in a, long, in a long while. Um, <clears throat> but I also look at other data points like the M2 measure of money supply, which is coming out today, which nobody mentions and nobody cares about. The Fed doesn't talk about. It's important. Um, and I think that's that's a number I'm paying attention to today. I'm also looking at the home, the recent home uh, price, the the home sales, and then the home production. Those both went down. Um, there are signs, and again, I say this all the time: spending is going to slow, and it has slowed based mm-hmm. on multiple factors. Whether that's credit card debt being at all time highs, whether that's interest rates being high and, and housing still being high, and, and middle class and under are still having a hard time getting into the market. So I do think there's headwind there on the consumer side that will bleed into, you know, potentially eventually the market, mm-hmm. you know, having a little fall from that. I also will say this, the AI stocks, yeah, they're booming. And we are going, we're in the world of NVIDIA, like you said, <clears throat> we're, in that, we're in that world and we're just living in it. But that doesn't make the entire market healthy. You know, the AI stocks are great and they've, they've run up quite nicely and you have those core seven that have done so well. And I think there's a new one that's going to add to that. Maybe there's a core eight now. But the point is, those stocks running this way will eventually run out of gas, and you need the other sides of the market to lift up. I also thought, interesting, we're going to talk about Walmart in a second, but the three-for-one split happened, mm-hmm. which is great news, in my opinion, for Walmart, right? I mean, it gives it, it's the first time since 99, we're going to have easier access to Walmart for some of the ETFs and sure. mutual funds that go after lower-priced stocks, if you will. <clears throat> gives access to more people, and that's the mindset of that. Uh, but I think there's some good stories out there that will widen the market out. Hopefully, you know, and I think, and I but think, anyway, you're kind of silent. But I think that I'm we've seen. Yeah. I'm listening. And learning. There's so much wisdom. In there, <laughs> I, just, I think that we've we've seen a broadening in the back in the in the last half of the fourth quarter into this quarter. I mean, we're going to kind of touch on that here in a little yeah. bit with, when we yeah. talk about the Dow. But um, you know, Walmart was a good thing. I think another thing too is so many employees that work for Walmart, you know, not not the corporate level, but 
you know, the, the everyday worker yeah. at Walmart, you know, when the stock price was up around 170, you know, it was hard for them to, to yeah. be able to afford one share, like in the stock purchase program. Right. right. And so by, mm. by splitting like they did, it allowed a lot of their uh, rank and file employees possibly to, um, feel to like they're accomplishing something. Sure. Yeah, yeah. 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 And you know, speaking of Walmart, you know, their bonuses, um, you know, typically in early March, I've heard it's a, a banner year, record year. Yeah, awesome. um, for for Walmart good employees for this year. The Walmart good out for there. Yeah. yeah, good for yeah. our area. What are your Always. thoughts? Yeah. Um, well, I was just looking at this. So you know, <clears throat> I see both sides. I see. I think there's. It it would be um, not wise to acknowledge that there are headwinds, right? There are headwinds out there. Um, I think inflation. My thing on inflation is, I think we can get inflation under control by not necessarily having to. I think we can get to two percent. And I think we can get there by staying higher for longer, mm-hmm. not necessarily by needing to increase more. Now, we'll see, yeah. right? Yeah. And we'll see how that plays <clears> out. But um, And that may, may mean we need to keep rates higher for much longer than most people want. But I do think, it's, I think that's possible, and I think it, it can happen within a realistic timeline that would be okay with the, the market would be okay with it. We've, we've learned through this last rate cycle that, like, Large cap technology stocks don't really care about interest rate hikes. Right, <laughs> I mean, yeah. right. Like Apparently, we've learned a lesson. It's like, <clears throat> yep. well, they can absorb that. Yep. The cash they have on hand, <clears throat> the debt they've been able to lock in long term, going several years back, like they've been able to absorb, you know, five hundred percent increase in rates, right. and it not really impact them whatsoever. Um, so, how long does that remain true if rates stay this high? And I think all of that, I think the market's going to be fine, to be honest. Yeah, I, and I, 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 when I say that. <clears throat> I mean, for this year, right? right. We're going to have a pullback. I, I, I would almost guarantee you, you know, we have a 10, 15% pullback most normal years yeah. do. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we'll have another recession and another major correction at some point. I, you know, I don't think it'll happen necessarily this year, but there's a lot, a lot going on out there. And to your point on market strength, you can always make a chart look however you yeah. want to look, yeah. right? But if you just look, so I pulled up like SPY compared to the RSP. So it's the Invesco equal weight S&P 500 versus just the S&P 500. Mm-hmm. In the last three months, the S&P 500, you know, value weighted is 11, up just over 11%. The equal weight is up just over 10%. Okay. So, they, so, so it's like, broadened out. Yeah. You, you've yeah. seen a little bit more strength in more companies than just the seventh versus yeah. compared yeah. to what you saw like the first nine months of last right, year. Right, right, right. Right, where you looked at the equal weight versus the SPY, there was a huge divergence between those two yeah. the first nine months of mm-hmm. last year. Um, and that's come back a little bit, which I think is healthy. No, it's right? good. There's more participants. Um, so Actually, the M2 me- measure of money supply, you know, I always I bring that up. Mm-hmm. Nobody cares about it. Um, it actually has ticked back up. It actually is a positive sign. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there are actually positive signs that the recession may be avoided, even on from the pessimists here. Yeah. The one thing I can tell you about the higher interest rates, what does scare me about those rates is that we have not had that for how many years? 15 oh, wow. years? Yeah. And we, I don't think we've seen what the effects of that are yet. <clears throat> Small cap stocks that are highly leveraged, not the large cap stocks yeah. that do not need to borrow money, but small cap stocks that, that – are you know uh, borrowing money all the time to for their for their research and mm-hmm. development and so on? They're going to have a little bit harder time, right, with the sure. debt. Not to mention the national debt that is at record highs with these higher rates. Those are the kind of hit. But but to the S and P five hundred and the Dow, I guess I'm not as concerned. I, you know, I was here about the small cap rally. When is the small cap rally going to happen? 
and is it going to ever be participate in this great market? Mm-hmm. And I think interest rates are going to maybe stall that a little bit. And we yeah. need rates to come down eventually yeah. to boost the small cap side. Um, but all in all, I'm less pessimistic today than I was yesterday, and, and it's getting— And we're seeing um, signs. Know, that we're not yeah. out of the woods yet. But again, the same thing. Looking at the Russell 2000, same period last three months, it's actually outperformed. Oh, no, it's, it's come back. So yeah. we've yeah. seen— But look at the spike. So it did come back, roared back. And then it came back sold a little off. bit. Yeah. Sold off. But <clears throat> to your point, we've seen that. Now, you don't happen. have to zoom. You, you know, you zoom out a little further. It's like the Russell still looks horrible. Right, right, right. If you go at, yeah. But if you just look at the last handful of months. Which is a trend, which is a sign. Yeah. And that's what you want to see. That's what so, we've been yeah. That's what we've been wanting to see. I think you'll see now. that. I think the, the small cap can just go like wildfire if we get if we do get interest rates. And I think the anticipation of rate cuts has helped the bond market, you know, the the idea of the bond market was going to rally and the small cap stocks going to rally. So I think the, there's part of me that wants there to be rate cuts, right? I mean, just yeah. to spurn on some of that other stuff. Yeah. But anyway, I'm not as pessimistic. I, I, I really, to be that. honest, I don't know what we've said the last 15 minutes, but there was a lot of good commentary <laughs> and conversation. Hey, so yeah. can I just ask a question? Yeah. And one word answer. We don't have to elaborate on this okay. podcast. Do you think the Fed's political? Yes. Yes. Okay. And there's that. So, <laughs> all right. So the Dow. Let's talk about the Dow. So the Dow is the Dow a good metric anymore? <clears throat> Opinion from an article written by Alan Sloan from Yahoo Finance. The Dow is ancient and cumbersome compared to modern market metrics. Walmart <clears throat> recently split its stock three for one, like we just mentioned, and because of this, the Dow replaced Walmart with Amazon and kicked Walgreens out completely, which we'll get into here in a second. Walgreens being booted from the Dow isn't exactly a surprise because it's because its share price has fallen around sixty percent. Um, while the Dow's risen about 60%. Had Walgreens kept pace with the other 29 components, the Dow would be about 400 points higher than it is. With the Dow near 40,000, it's easy to see that little impact. Even at an uh, even in an at pace, Walgreens would have made. So um, opinion, Amazon being in the Dow keeps it relevant. So anyways, there's a lot of notes here. Good stuff. But the long and short of it is, you know, Walgreens got booted. <clears throat> Amazon's in. Walmart dropped way back because of so let me let me kind of explain how the dow works and then we'll go from there so the dow for those of you that don't know the different indices i'm going to use that from now on just (laughs) man um you sound so smart my my smu law degree friends say it's the (laughs) correct way to say it so um the the, you have the dow jones that's price weighted right so the literally whatever the price of a the stock is dictates how much of the weighting it has in the Dow Jones. Then you have valuated indices Mm -hmm. like the NASDAQ 100 and the S&P 500, which is looking at the company's overall market capitalization Mm -hmm. and what is the value of the stock. And so these aren't equally weighted, right? The Dow Jones is not the 30 companies equally weighted. The S&P 500 is not equally weighted 500 companies. You know, you've seen it a lot. In yeah. the S&P 500, you know, the top seven, eight, ten names makes up sure. 30% of the index or something. So you're right, very yeah. heavily weighted toward those names. So going back to the Dow, it's price weighted. So when Walmart was trading for $170 a share, it was it was weighted at a much higher weighting than it is now trading at $60 a share. Even though the market capitalization did not change. Market Correct. capitalization exactly. didn't change yeah. at all. So yeah. it's yeah. something to be aware of when you're tracking these, you know, indices that <clears throat> it these things have a huge impact on how these indices are priced, right? And the value of them, um, there's a little bit more complexity to it than I think a lot of people realize. You know, and, and going back to the question, 
you know, is the Dow a good metric? You know, I don't use it very much anymore, partly because it's 30 companies. This I mean, is coming from right. the guy who still quotes points, just so you know. Right. He says, he says hey, okay. the, the um, S&P's up 30 points. Okay. <laughs> you know what? We're getting personal now. I'm about, I'm, no, I'm I'm, I'm about to walk <laughs> off the podcast. Um, no, I just, I don't mm. think it's ancient. Right. But I think you got to really keep it in context. I mean, yeah. because it, it's, it's not a good representation of the total market right now. You know, the S&P 500 is better, but it, it is not perfect. But if you want to kind of get a good idea of what the market is doing, you got to look really more at the S&P 500 than anything else. Most, most things are compared to the S&P 500, right? ETFs, most. mutual funds, anything that you see is compared. How did it do versus the S&P? But mm-hmm. if you watch any business channel, any, they talk about the Dow. The Dow sure. is the biggest number that is shown on the screen. They have the S&P, they have the NASDAQ. You know, they have gold, they have oil, but the, the Dow, Dow is the, the Dow is like the Berkshire Hathaway of indices, sure. right? And yeah. it's 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 just it's well Look known. Look you go it's, with indices, and it's, 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 it's not even it's, I'm running with. and it's not even the thirty largest companies. No, I mean, well, here, so, I know exactly. So, this is, so yeah. here's the constituent. So you have United Health, the largest weighting at almost nine percent. Yeah. Of the of the index, Microsoft is number two. Yeah. Goldman Sachs, Home Depot, Caterpillar, McDonald's, Salesforce. Amgen, Visa, Travelers, and you know those those all have a four point seven five percent weighting or more. So if you add those up, I don't know, I'm not smart enough to do quick math, but that's like forty fifty percent plus of the index in the top ten and, names. Yeah, right. <clears throat> and you know what? And there's some people out there that wouldn't know maybe what one or two of those companies even does. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So <clears throat> it, it, I think it's it. In my opinion, I think you said it, it, it is absolutely relevant, but is it the best? You know, the S&P 500 is probably when you're looking at the, the United States stock market and what's the best representation, the S&P 500 does a better yeah. job of that, right? Yes, it has yeah. more constituents. Um, it's value-weighted. There's pros and cons to that. Correct, but. correct. But again, I mean, it's not perfect, but it does get you a little better idea of, I mean, and that's why through the middle part of last year, you know, maybe even through the first nine months of last year, the Dow was either flat or negative, and the S&P 500 was up, you know, double digits. And there's pros and cons to, you know, for example, someone, you know, if you want to own Walmart, now's a great time to own Walmart, in my opinion, right? Stock split, sometimes there's some strength that comes out of that. Yeah. You know, people are used to tra- Walmart trading at $100 a share or above. If it's trading at 55 I can't explain why, but there's something to psychology. Psychology yeah. of yeah. buyers are going to be buyers if Walmart's trading at fifty-five dollars a share, yeah. right? And so, but if you're just tracking the Dow, which I don't really know anybody who is, but if you're just <laughs> buying a, I don't even—is there a Dow index fund? Yeah, I'm I think sure so. There, yeah, sure yeah. There is. Not you know, I never use. I've never even. You would. You would. You would get less Walmart exposure sure. because of what just happened, even though you may not want less Walmart exposure, mm-hmm. right. right? So you, those are the <clears throat> kinds of things you just need to be aware of. And with the S&P or the NASDAQ, you know, some of the best companies, Tesla is a perfect example, right? They had seen a ton of growth. I'm not saying, I'm not recommending Tesla, but you know, they'd seen a ton of growth. And if you were a buyer of Tesla going back years ago, you had to wait a long time if you were going to wait for them to get added to the S&P 500, mm-hmm. right? You missed out on a lot waiting for that to happen um so anyways all of that said just be aware of how these indices work Mm -hmm. how they're you know calculated and formulated who the constituents are um 
and well, know that if you're just tracking one of them, you're probably very overweight. Ten names. Sure. Tech. Well, with well, the oh, S&P. Oh, yeah, with the yeah, S&P. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, you know, that's why <clears throat> over the last several months we've kind of brought into the discussion the S&P equal-weighted. Sure. The S&P 500 equal-weighted index because that is just it. All 500 names are the same percentage right. in the index. <clears throat> right. Gives you a little bit better idea. <clears throat> but, yes, I mean, it. yeah, the indices are, are governed by some pretty heavy names. Big yeah. Names. Yeah. So. yeah. Any thoughts? No. No, we've beaten that one. We've done, we did a good job on that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> moving on. Um, so last topic, getting started young. So Sophia started investing when she was 14 years old thanks to acquiring an income with social media. Her parents helped her, but uh, she was also money savvy. When it comes to her strategy and her biggest approach to managing risk, the young investor suggested investing in index funds, <laughs> which we just hammered. Um, that kind, no, I'm just kidding. That kind of helps diversify the risk of investing more than the kind of if you were just to invest in individual stocks, I think that it takes patience and perseverance to just know that you're taking risks, but that it's worth it. So there's a great example. 14 years old. Of she's 17 early. now. She's 17 now. She bought her own Tesla she's a, with money that she's that she made. Uh, wow. Well, I don't know if she it's all from that, but my point is she invested in Tesla, Apple, and Amazon, and index funds. Pretty cool story. I've met with so many young people, and you know they're asked they they want to educate themselves, which is great. And I you know I think people should read and educate themselves yeah. as much as possible. But sometimes they get into the weeds of like, should we be doing buying this and but and it's like you know at cert at, at at a certain age when you're young, you just need to keep it as simple as possible and don't overanalyze it, don't overthink it. Just build the right habits, automate everything you can. Sure. And just keep the investing side of it as simple as possible. So go buy SPY, go buy QQQ. And just do that and then and learn the, the ups and downs of the market yeah. over those first few years before you really start trying to to get into the weeds of mm-hmm. the details of investing. Like there's a lot that you just have to learn by doing. By doing. And dollar cost average is another like if you're gonna do something and you can afford a hundred dollars a month, buy an index diet by put a hundred dollars a month like in that example, yeah. because the markets go up and down, it does they go down, it actually is in your favor. Yeah. Because you're buying more shares. And if you could teach that to young people over time, 30 years from now, they're going to have many downs and many One ups. One of the best things you could learn in the in your early years is what is your actual risk tolerance? Because, right, so you fill out a risk profile questionnaire, yeah. you do something. That's very different than how do you act when, you're, when your portfolio is cut in half. Right. Most yeah. people, those two things do not, are not directly aligned, <laughs> right? What yeah, they yeah. say they're comfortable with. You're right. And then when when that actually happens, mm-hmm. how are they actually reacting? And so if you yeah. can learn that about yourself in those early years, Sophia is going to probably be worth more than any of us no doubt. combined. No you doubt. Know, because we'll be going to her for advice in 10 <laughs> yeah. years. Yeah. But it's, at her point, patience and perseverance are the two best words that you can put to an investor. Patience and perseverance. Yeah. Thoughts? Yeah. No. I mean, it's easy to be patient and perseverant when you're 14. And when the stock market well, just true. keeps going up. Yeah. 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 When yeah. things are great. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. Good for her. Good for her parents. Yeah. She yeah, lives Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I want to end with a comment that we got on the last one, which is this perfect timing kind of rolling off what we just talked about. So uh, frequently told young workers who are just out of college, jump into the 401k plan and place as much of a con- in place as much of a contribution as you can afford and try to commit to the amount of your company. W- the company will match its free money. So that's from D. Nelson. Uh, appreciate the comment. And absolutely, like we were just talking about, start early. As soon as you get that first job, you get a 3%, 6% match, whatever it is. 
jump in, start doing it. If you do it from day one, you'll never know you're missing the money. Correct. It, yeah. it, you never had it to begin with. And then try to just, as you get pay increases and things, just incrementally. Sure. Increase hey, like Walmart 401k, you can, and the most of 401ks now today, you can start, like, let's say it's 6% to get 6% as, as it is at Walmart, right? Mm-hmm. So you start at six. Put on there, you can you can click a little button that says, each year I'm going to increase my, my by contribution 1% by 1%. Right. right. And it will do that for you on every anniversary day. You won't even know it's there. And by the time you're – you'll be max funding it within five years, right? Because your percent will continue to go up. You won't feel it because you're getting a pay raise. And that little tiny percent added to it will not – you will not feel it. And then over time – Yeah. And then, and then the one of the things was about when to pay off debt. Mm-hmm. But I do think you get the free money in the four hundred one k for sure, and increase it like that. And then you pay off your focus on debt, and then you can increase it to max funding as soon as you sure. can. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Like well, it. good conversation. Um, as always, we appreciate you guys listening. Give us a like, subscribe, uh, share us on your social media, and keep your eye out for, like I said, future guests that we've got coming up in the coming weeks. We're excited about that. So we'll see you guys next week. The hosts of this show are employees of Mach 1 Financial Group. This podcast is for informational purposes only, and nothing said in the show should be taken as investment advice. Mach 1 Financial Group, LLC, is an SEC-registered investment advisor located in Rogers, Arkansas. Mach 1 may only transact business in those states in which it maintains a notice filing or qualifies for an exemption or exclusion from registration requirements. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. All investment strategies have the potential for profit or loss. The information presented is the sole opinion of the speaker and is not meant to be investment advice. Mach 1 does not provide tax or legal advice. You should speak to your tax or legal advisor regarding your specific situation. For full disclosures, click on the link in the episode description below.